Hello and welcome to another episode of Throwdown, an action cinema podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jack, and I'm joined with my co-host and good friend, Vaughn. How are you doing today, Vaughn? I am doing great, Jack. How are you doing? I'm doing all good. And I've brought something strange to the table this week. At the top of the show, in the first episode, we discussed how we were going to be covering, you know, a, a broad range of what could be considered action cinema, talking about popular new releases and mainstays of the genre and classics and staples of action cinema cults across the world. But we also wanted to discuss lesser seen things, lesser, I don't know, low budget stuff, more sort of culty online stuff. Absolutely. Today we're going to be talking about a web series slash feature film called Mario Warfare. <laughs> so, Vaughn, had you heard about this before? I think only in passing, and I think also because of you. Um, mm-hmm. I think I remember seeing you log it and maybe talk about it uh, a while yeah. back, um, but didn't really look into it, didn't know much about it. I don't remember it coming out, even though it seems no. like something that I would have been very into at that time. Um, exactly. So yeah, yeah. I didn't, didn't know much about it before you brought it to the show. Yeah, I was I was just considering going more into sort of straight to streaming stuff and YouTube is such a huge market for yeah. small web series and like feature film stuff, especially based around martial arts. I feel like YouTube has become a great vessel um for just uploading you know, homemade projects, fan films, uh working yeah. with groups and connecting with people to make uh, a, a work of fiction. And Mario Warfare is, uh, for those who haven't seen it, we will put it in the link a link in the description of the podcast. It is free on YouTube as a one hour twenty compilation film. It's a it was a series of short web skits, web episodes uploaded between 2012 and 2015, I think. Um, oh wow, I didn't realize it was such a, a long period. Yeah, because uh, each episode took like four to five months to make, and that's why there's okay. like a couple of casting shifts over the course of the movie that you mm. can kind of spot if you're really paying attention but for the most part mario warfare is a bootleg <laughs> super <laughs> smash brothers movie kind of um with an overarching plot based on the super mario brothers but it is directed by someone called micah moore who is uh, is a person known for uh, popular online short films and like web series on the creator of the YouTube channel Beatdown Boogie, and I had a little browse through that this afternoon, and it's very much a uh, like cosplay slash gaming culture hub. Okay, they do a lot of like short films, parodies, cosplay videos, history of gaming videos. It's such a nerdy little okay. corner of yeah. the internet. But what drew me to this originally, other than like the bizarre nature of it, was just how interesting all the action choreography actually is. Yeah, um, it's presented in such a, a a fun and thrilling martial arts way. And if you dig into the names of the people who worked on it, you'll get people like Eric Jacobus, who has worked on a couple of our mm. favorite sort of indie projects yeah. like the movie Contour, and also has a fantastic web series and YouTube channel where he does video essays and podcasts talking to martial artists and people very much involved in the action cinema world. So going into Mario Warfare again, it's just basically a lot of well-trained martial artists, stunt coordinators, stuntmen making a a cosplay movie basically about yeah, Mario, much. Peach, Luigi, Donkey Kong. 
it's a parody, but it's it's not all tongue-in-cheek nonsense because the action, I think, is genuinely really, really well done. It really is. What did you think about this one? I, I had a lot of fun with it, and I yeah really mm-hmm. didn't know what to expect going in, but it very much is, it's it's very of its time in that, that, that time period on YouTube where it was kind of uh, just this space where there were tons of people doing stuff very similar to this, where you had creators like uh, Freddie Wong or Corridor Digital doing these kind of short little action skits with, um, you know, with After Effects and just like having fun doing little action choreography and a lot of it was very like video game focused and so this feels like kind of a culmination of all of that and like putting it all into this one kind of um passion project and so you've got a little bit of that very kind of 2012 to 2015 like humor where it doesn't it doesn't age very well no it's not all it's i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stay here and say it's all hilarious and it stands the test of time it's very of its time and it's yeah. sort of like lol so random very internet much. humor it feels very post edgar wright scott pilgrim yeah in that definitely. it is very ingrained in video game culture but there is such a concentrated effort to make it like an action spectacle and not just um like take the action for granted sure that the special effects are all like sort of silly final cut uh after effects stuff and we're using very low budget almost halloween costume level cosplay stuff or using a i don't know a pikachu plush right. <laughs> as a main <laughs> as a main character in this but yeah it is very much uh, the action sequences and how they are presented and coordinated that really drew me back to this and which is why Definitely. i want to highlight it on this podcast because you do have very very silly characters doing very silly things but once they are locked down into sort of a battle yeah. of wits and a, a real showdown with pipes and uh, empty warehouses it really comes into its own yeah you've so you you've got, you've got that kind of that sense of humor that doesn't quite fit anymore mm-hmm. but it, it is it is so that you've got this kind of loose connective tissue that doesn't quite work and it does you do see a little bit of the the gaps in the the episodic nature of it kind of yeah strong they kind of come out as like vignettes um, so after about 10 minutes it might fade right. to black and then fade up from black and you kind of you can kind of feel that it was episodic in nature yeah but when it's compiled like this i think it you get that whole story you know it in works a very it does work really accessible well. way but I think what what does, it has working for it is it's it's very very committed to its bit. It never really breaks from that, and so you've got this kind of endless commitment to it there. That when you are looking at, even though it's just you know these these cheap Halloween costumes and a very silly looking monkey suit for Donkey Kong and stuff oh, like I that. I love that. But it's like there's there's so much dedication and the actual action that's happening is so phenomenally choreographed that you you really start to forget about that stuff because it's like this this action's great and I think you definitely get the feeling, um, at least from the episodic nature, aside from just noticing those kind of cuts between the episodes it's like Mm -hmm. you can definitely feel them finding their footing and it starts off a little bit you know kind of they're trying to figure things out and get things together but then by the time you get to those last kind of couple big sequences it's like you get some really really amazing stuff out of it that they've really figured out Mm -hmm. how to how to make those sequences shine so i was trying to dig more into the sort of cast and crew of this web project because it's interesting to see obviously this was at, uh, one of the one of the many peaks of youtube and right. popularity and this was quite a quite a very popular series and video i think 
the the final video got like two million views in its heyday or something like that. Um, but Michael Moore was very much involved in that beatdown boogie uh, channel, which this premiered on, and has gone on to basically use that channel and what he was working on as like a showreel. And right. has now gained um, like more experience, and he's working in cinematics for video games. Okay. So most recently, he was coordinating and working on designing set pieces for games like Mortal Kombat One and the oh, most okay. recent God of War. That makes a lot of sense. So all the sort of like the cinematic cutscenes on you know yeah. the uh, little action moments in there they have to be like mocapped right. and designed by someone, and it's it's very interesting to see that he sort of started in very heavily ingrained in geek culture with a martial arts spin and is now very much doing that full time. I thought that was really, really cool. Um, and looking at his credits for future releases, have you seen the trailer for The Fall Guy starring Ryan Gosling as this sort of stuntman? I have not, no. I, I know it exists, but I haven't I haven't seen the trailer yet. I, I played before my screening of um, The Marvels this week. Okay. And I thought the film looked like it's fine. I don't know. It kind of looks uh, n- not great. It's directed by um, David Leach, ah. who did At- Atomic Blonde, yeah, did yeah. Bullet Train, Deadpool 2. And it was also uncredited as um, like a directing position on the first John Wick film, I believe, which is kind of why right, yeah, yeah. His, his career has gone the way it has. Uh, I wasn't really sold on the trailer. It looks a bit more sort of rom-commy than it does action. But I thought it was very cool to see that this person who did a Mario web series is now working on that in, a, in an action front role. I thought that was pretty cool. This does star, not really star, but it does feature Eric Jacobus as, uh, like you mentioned mm-hmm. before, he plays Wario. <laughs> um, uh, or- Waluigi. Waluigi, that is. Um yeah, um, uh, he's so good. He's but so yeah, good that, that 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 showdown sequence between Mario and uh, Waluigi in that warehouse. Yeah, so really great. Sort of see Eric Jacobus pop in that. But but yeah, Eric Jacobus is kind of the same thing where he's one of these kind of YouTube independent um, mm-hmm. action martial artist guys who has now gone on to uh, to work on some feature films. I believe he worked on. Um, what was it that i think we watched it together the man who feels no pain was that the name of that movie i think there was that one he's also heavily involved in Zack snyder productions i think he's a stuntman or a coordinator on um army of the dead which i've not seen yet i I think it's it's very very interesting that he's getting more involved in sort of you know high i say say high high budget um, (laughs) hollywood productions coming from very humble web series roots yeah, it's, it's just great when you see stuff like this and it, it goes to show that if you if you really want to get out there and just make something and you have the uh, the passion to make it, it's like you can use that as kind of a springboard to, to break in and do whatever else you want mm-hmm. to do. Um, not necessarily one path to anything. Um, it is interesting to have this as kind of a, a reel for something else because it is so goofy, but, but when you mm-hmm. do just cut it down to those action sequences, they are they are really phenomenal. Yeah, even the, the opening sequence, it sort of sets up the the entire positioning of the film of, you know, you've got this sort of like Bowser's, sort of, uh, no, it's not Bowser's, but Bowser's uh, minions are attacking this place and you've got lots of shy guys with sort of yeah. like machine guns and they are approached by someone in a Toad costume, everyone's favourite character, Toad, everyone's favorite. who is played played by the, char- uh, the director, Michael Moore. Okay. And he flips into the room and is just sort of like gun-fooing his way through that hallway, taking them out. Then you have a guy playing uh, a bomb 
<laughs> but they're all very loosely costumed, so it's like one distinguishing oh, feature to make them kind of resemble the characters from the from the video games. Like Kirby, who's introduced later, it took me a while to realize was Kirby because it's very much just a man yeah. in a pink beanie with a bit of rouge on his cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's yeah. great work, yeah. A lot of them, you're looking at it and you're like, "Who's this?" Ma- oh, it's Lil Mac, <laughs> it's, right? <laughs> it's Lil Mac from, uh, yeah. Or like Ness shows up with a baseball bat. Yeah, uh, it's very much just like very dorky people making something that is not affiliated with Nintendo in any way. Very but silly. Has yeah. so much life and feels so much like a love letter to Nintendo in a way. Yeah, you've got the the main Toad is kind of like uh, he's almost kind of got like a Neo or not a Neo, a Morpheus vibe going on. And- Morpheus. A bit of Donnie Yen. Yeah, he's, his, he's just There's got like, like a, a quiet, a quiet confidence right. to him. He's just got a hat with dots on it. Does like the toad thing. <laughs> Most of the other toads are like soldiers, and their helmets have the little toad dots on them. So it's it is very very loosely uh, costumed, but you definitely understand what they're going for, and it, it works out pretty well. It ends up kind of mm-hmm. being the uh, maybe the best adaptation of Mario that I, that I've so seen. So this is what I was gonna say. Like the, the guy the guys that are playing Mario and Luigi are wearing like hilariously fake mustaches, oh, yeah. like dollar store level, just like three foot wide mustaches. But their accents, I'd say, are probably on par, if not better, than Chris I Pratt you, and Charlie yeah. Day's New York italian accent that's from the most recent mario movie and their shtick is very goofy they're getting into all sort of like sort of slapstick little moments and uh real like as we said earlier real 2010s comedy hijinks which are all sort of sort of harmless and yeah. not always overly funny but they're, they're quite innocent in in nature really yeah i think it I mean, it honestly does strike the kind of perfect balance of, like, it's doing all of the things that you would expect a a Mario movie to do, and you get, like, those little cameos, you get Donkey Kong, and mm-hmm. Donkey Kong talks about <laughs> King K. Rule, and you've got, like, the Smash yeah, Bros. Yeah, yeah. sequence where you get all these other characters coming in, so it's, like, the stuff that the the latest Mario movie tried to do, but I think you get... In the newest movie, it feels like this is trying way too hard and it doesn't quite understand what it's well, doing. And that was very much just sort of showcasing ideas right. rather than actually doing something with ideas. It was very much like, hey, look, Rainbow Road. Right, that's done. Right. Moving on. It <laughs> like, like, there nothing, it is. nothing has any haste or meaning yeah. or relevance. It's all just sort of like window shopping for ideas in a yeah. movie. Whereas then, this, at least, it sort of it commits to its own ideas right. and, and it's like, has um, a bit of fun with them. On the other side, you've got the the '90s Mario movie, and I know we've got uh, some probably some listeners who are defenders of this <laughs> film. So I'm not going to say uh, anything particular on the quality of it, but it is it's kind of the opposite <laughs> the opposite direction of where it's like very light Mario ideas and kind of a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where this, I think, strikes the the perfect balance of being very committed to actually really being fans of the the Mario franchise and all of these characters and kind of knowingly leaning into that stuff while also doing something that's i mean it's got like a serious uh serious tilt to it and in, in a lot of it <clears throat> so it works out where you you get those little cameos and those little nods and references but it's not like overbearing and annoying and it's also not like breaking too far from what you know and as i said earlier like most of the the main cast here most of the sort of smash super smash brothers fighters were all trained martial arts um, people had met online and met through different like local clubs and were, were setting up different communities around the country and they get together and you know you're filming this over you know a period of days weeks right but the the action sequences are just 
what I would want from a, a team of stunt people making an Absolutely. action movie. They're just really, really well choreographed. Um, there's a lot of sense of space. The camera respects what's going on. You can tell that the the director, Michael Moore, is very much ingrained in martial arts culture and knows how to present it well. Not like smash cutting all the time, not like lots of heavy chopping or anything like that. Yeah. Just giving the performers the room and the space to be able to achieve like decent links and decent decent sequences. You know, having a shot that'll last six or seven moves and then pivoting to a, an obscure little out-of-the-way angle to give a bit more visual flair to a little move or something like that. And it just... They're, they're peppered throughout because obviously designed as a web series, you're probably working mm, probably in like 10-minute increments, 15-minute yeah. increments, something like that. So you're probably designing it to have uh, 40% plot, 40% action, 20% yeah. comedy throughout or something like that. So there's always an emphasis on getting to the next action sequence. And as I said, they are all just like consistently good. Yeah, you uh, because even though you do feel that episodic structure, it's like, and you, you kind of have to get enough into each episode it does it does flow very naturally and you get you always build up to these action set pieces and those set pieces are are really fantastically constructed um Mm -hmm. and and it does culminate in a lot of these really uh stunning sequences i think especially Mm -hmm. like you get to that that kind of final the classic independent action empty warehouse fight scene (laughs) empty warehouse 100 percent. we just Uh, need a space that looks kind of cool could kind of suit anything yeah mario is a video game series and there's some sort of warehouse pipe work ingrained in some of the levels so this this kind of fits thematically and there's a lot of like slapstick and little silly breaks inside the the like action sequences themselves so they'll be like punching kicking throwing wild roundhouse kicks and stuff then they'll cut to sort of like some sort of some silly shenanigans in the middle Right. There, just to try to keep the the humor of the characters and the the light-hearted nature of the film sort of at the forefront it's not like a completely gritty reboot with like a, a dark imagining reimagining of these characters like that power rangers short from like 10 years ago was like what if power rangers were all brooding and sad and mad <laughs> i don't think it's I've not seen that, that at all um it's 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 okay but like this i it keeps that levity it keeps sort of that that we know what we're doing is silly but we want to present it in a way that seems professional and i love that yeah i think you kind of in all senses you get a a sense that there's there's definitely a hong kong influence here where you've got that like you mentioned the the way it's edited where you've got like Mm -hmm. very clear defined motion and actions in each shot and it's not cutting around anything and you get like that that perfect balance of action and levity and comedy in between and using the action to kind of underscore that comedy and it all mm-hmm. kind of works very well together even when you get those moments of like oh maybe this humor's not quite uh, not quite holding up in yeah, 2023 like there are a couple of a couple of clunkers of jokes like you've got cla- it's just like playing the hits of like forum culture in the 2010s yeah. if you were ver- if you were at all interested in video games or had a twitter or tumblr account right. you've seen the jokes before like yes link dresses in a skirt so therefore people are going to refer to him as zelda because they think it's a woman it's like yeah sure why not product of its time right. humor it's it, these are jokes that have been told for 30 years at this point but you know you're making a film about 
Nintendo's licensed characters. You're gonna you're gonna sort of play to the to the hits that have been done before, the time tested gags. Right. Donkey Kong <laughs> flipping over barrels, which is a great introduction to that character, by the way. The Just Donkey a guy Kong in a stuff suit. is great, yeah. Yeah, so we should say that like, Donkey Kong sort of takes Princess Peach under his wing and he becomes almost <laughs> like the, a, the Sifu, fighter, yeah. the, the shaman mentor. And it's such a fun little moment. And you, you have these like quite quite nice little backdrops, like the autumnal scenery backdrops for these training se- montages. Because yeah. most of this, as we said, are just... It's mostly filmed in just sort of, I don't know, just basements and bunkers that they could rent for a period of time or, or like empty lots and empty warehouses. But there are some moments that take you outside into this Mushroom Kingdom world that is just a backdrop somewhere in, in rural right. America. And I love that. Yeah, they leverage that stuff really well where it's it's you kind of don't notice that they are these very clearly like these cheap set pieces of like we this is what we could get. This is just an abandoned well, yeah, warehouse near it, me, but you, they, they do make like use out of it. Passers by walking past right. them, you're not seeing cars and things. It doesn't it is actually quite a well realized world on a very low budget because it does not feel based in our reality it does feel like this ultimate alternate dimension or something because you don't see anything that roots it in 2010s america it's just very much empty spaces and characters dressed in halloween costumes yeah and it works out well because it's like you've got this kind of bunker place where they've got the uh the super smash Smash, bros club and smash club (laughs) and uh, of course they do the obligatory kind of fight club pastiche there and yeah it's like of course sorry right (laughs) of course you know fight club has always been popular on the internet so they've got to do that as well but then you get like the the kind of the climactic warehouse set piece which you know it's you kind of have certain expectations for something like that but i think they actually Mm -hmm. do a lot more with it than i expected where they find these kind of weird spaces and and turn them into ways to kind of leverage action Mm -hmm. and you also get like the fun like industrial like let's do a fight scene with a pipe and then let's get a bigger pipe that he's gonna swing around in this tiny space and yeah, you are you are very much like rooting it in like traditional like Chinese opera, Chinese kung yeah, fu, yeah. but you are dressing it in such a hilarious little goofy little way where everyone's wearing heinous like, paper mache mustaches and overalls, but they're they're treating the the uh, the choreography with such uh, respect and they're treating it so well. I love it. Yeah, it's it's the best kind of thing where it's like yes, they've they've dressed it as Mario, but you could really put this in anything else, and the choreography and the action would would really hold up and stand up to it. So it's it's absolutely worth a watch and to to see all of it play out. It's yeah, I think it's an hour and twenty or so the full thing. It's free on YouTube. We will put a link in the in the description of the podcast there. But this is the only thing. They're the only official sort of at least on Letterboxd and IMDb, that Micah Moore has directed. As I said, he's moved into more uh, like visual effects, uh, cinematic works, but has, has taken those YouTube roots and yeah. is now doing something really cool with it. I just thought this was a cool little like fan film project because uh, over the... You know, you hear... There's a stigma around fan films. There's fan right. films uploaded to IMDb and Letterboxd all the time and people like just you know pass on them completely because if it's not from an official studio with license whatever then why should i watch it but i've seen so many like fan related films or sort of parody slash homages that treat the 
base level subject matter with respect and try and do something different with it, which I always appreciate. And I always go back to um, Anno, who did an Ultraman fan film in the the, the 80s and has that led him down a path of, you know, directing so much and then animating and then eventually leading him to work on an Ultraman movie and then the Kamen Rider movie and Godzilla and stuff. And it's like a lot of genre cinema has roots in like fan culture and fan films like there there are there are great stories of people who will put up a silly twitter show reel or whatever and will be approached by higher studios to basically work on games or work on movies or work on tv based on how they approach and treat licensed copyrighted characters and put their own spin on it like so whether that's like graphic designers or or like showreel people just putting out right. like visual effects work. There are so many people that would do fake um, Pokemon trailers or something like that. And then there were famous cases of people being hired to work on the Detective Pikachu movie because they yeah, were yeah. working on like just fan-made stuff. So it's it's just awesome to see. Because um, a lot of the time, I, I, I Nintendo are famous for sort of flagging anything that uses any of their stuff. There was a whole YouTube yeah. Um, era where you couldn't even put any gameplay up because they thought they were just sort of stealing it but like they're doing such a service of promoting their work and you know right painting it in such a a picturesque light and mario warfare finds a a decent spin on that i think i think it's just a a very fun and engaging watch yeah it's very fun i think with a lot of fan films you kind of run the risk of it's like are you actually like deeply passionate and care about the the source material and do you want to kind of take it in an interesting new direction or i think a lot of people it's like they just want to kind of use it for like this mm-hmm, kind of twist not clicks or just kind of like this this fan fiction kind of thing where they are just mm-hmm. what if this thing happened differently because i don't like what they did with the character i want to oh, you know okay sure yeah yeah. i want to fix is, what if the star wars films were good right like you guys did it wrong so i'm gonna make a fan film to to fix all your issues or whatever no it is. no not like in the way that like you get all those fan cuts like you can watch the prequel trilogy right in, like an hour and a half edited movie or i'm sure some angry people on reddit have edited the last jedi down to like 13 minutes or something ridiculous because they don't like what the quote-unquote official story is but no this is this is different to that it's taking yeah, definitely something that they love and it's even you know how the spoilers for mario warfare but the, it ends in such a way that could be set up to like a, a sequel like a sequel web series or a sequel movie and the the sort of end title card is said like to be to be continued in the nes game yeah. super mario <laughs> brothers and it's, yes. this has all been a prequel to the actual video right game. and i thought that's a nice little sort of a rug pull right at the end just to be like this is this has been like 90 minutes of silly nonsense didn't we have fun yeah it's a great way to kind of actually tie it into the the franchise itself to say this this was once like actually rooted in the real world and then they they kind of <laughs> teleported themselves into this 8-bit world that uh, that's going yeah. to continue the the battle between Mario and Bowser which is a, a very fun way to end things 
I realised watching it because it opens with um, Princess Peach's like king father. I was like, I don't actually really understand the the Mario law, the Mario. Story. <laughs> I didn't know who that was is either. There a, <laughs> is there a king in the games, or is that ever referenced? I, I don't assume if you have a princess, you must have a king or queen above that. I don't. I don't, yeah, I don't know. know if off the top of my These head, f- I don't remember that character ever existing. But I don't know <laughs> if that's kind of part of their like let's frame like, this as a like prequel like there it. used to be a king and then he died and now that we're in the uh, now that we're yeah, in yeah, super yeah. mario bros one one it's like now that there's just peach <laughs> and there's no king anymore yeah but it's just those little moments that make you think yeah mario warfare is making me question different elements of this right yeah <laughs> exactly how, how old is the mario franchise at this point 50 years oh something like years? that probably o- yeah. older than me older than mario warfare older than oh, all the people involved in mario 4 um, but yeah, that was Mario Warfare from 2015. You can find it on YouTube in several parts, or you can watch the whole thing for free on um, that channel as well. Vaughn, what are we going to be discussing next episode? I am super excited for what we're going to be discussing next episode. So we've kind of been all over the world now. We've been to mm-hmm. several different decades and styles of action, different kind of subgenres of everything. Sure. Um, but I, I realized kind of looking at my list that we haven't gone to kind of what both of our, I think, forte is, and that is that we had not been to the 80s in Hong Kong Oh, I know where this is going now. (laughs) (laughs) And so we are going to be discussing Dragons Forever on the next episode. Sammo Hung's Dragons Forever. Sammo Hung. With the boys. The boys, the last time that the trio were together. And we will get into all the politics and all the conversation, (laughs) all the context of Jackie Chan, Sammo Hung, and Yun Bao. Uh, I rewatched this one a week or two ago because I was showing a friend it. And then you messaged like, I was thinking of bringing that to the show. And I was like, yes, I will 100% rewatch that again next week. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's such a great actioner. It's like the peak of 80s, uh, like late 80s Hong Kong action. I'm very excited to discuss it. Very much looking forward to that. So we will be back next week with Dragons Forever. And until then, Jack, it's been good to talk to you. You can... It's been good to talk to you, Vaughn. You can find everything we do on Letterboxd, Twitter, Blue Sky. All of that is in the description of the podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, rate and review wherever you can. Tell a friend about us and you can find more of the podcasts that we're involved in and the wider film-related work we do on thetwingeeks.com. Anything else to add, Vaughn? I don't have anything else to add for this week. I'll see you next time. I'll see you next time. Wow. <laughs> Nice, no, <he's> perfect. <laughs> <laughs>